Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of HP Critical, the podcast where my friends and I talk all things gaming, and I am joined by the incomparable Brandon today as we talk about the Xbox Games Showcase for the Xbox Series X that just happened a few a week ago, I think. Was it? Yeah, it was a few days ago at this point. Look at but that. It's about, to be, it's about to be a week. It's about to be a week. Uh, yeah, so we're going to talk all about the Xbox Games Showcase the same way that we did for the PlayStation 5 presentation in which, you know, we got the PlayStation and a ton of games, the PS5 rather, and a ton of games that we can play. So the Xbox Games Showcase. Brandon, before I begin talking about what actually happened on the showcase, can you please tell me what happened on the pre-show? Sure. So Jeff Keighley on his Summer of Games thing, he ran like a little bit of a pre-show, about an hour. <clears throat> it was mostly him just talking like internet personalities about a few things. Uh, but there was two announcements of notes, not strictly for Xbox. In fact, I mean, obviously, because it's a pre-show for Xbox, obviously, they are coming to Xbox, but they're coming, I think, pretty much ever. The first one of note was Dragon Quest XI-S, Definitive Edition, which the Definitive Edition Dragon Quest was previously a Switch exclusive but now the Definitive Edition, I guess they had a time exclusivity deal, Nintendo that is. So those games are now going to be coming to Xbox systems as well as PlayStation 4. So owners of those systems, I think PC as well, owners of those systems will now have access to all the content that they missed out that was not available in their version originally. All the cool like little bonuses, which is cool for them, absolutely. But the second one that caught my attention, moreover, because this is a completely new game, <clears throat> is Balan Wonderworld, which is a game... That is a uh, Yuji Naka of formerly of Sega fame has recently joined Square Enix, and he and his old pal Naoto Oshima, who now works at RZS, they used to work together to make the Knights games. I think a few Sonic games as well, have gotten together and they're making this new adventure game called Balan One World. Looks amazing. I absolutely love it because it's like a modern take on 3D platformers, and obviously coming out to Xbox systems, but it's literally coming everywhere. You can get it on Xbox One X, Series X, PlayStation Four or Five. Switch and Steam. So you got if you want if you, this game looks interesting to you at all, get it whichever system you care for it for. Uh, yeah, and that's pretty much it as far as the pre-show. It was uh, two pretty cool announcements. Happy that more people get to try Dragon Quest and Battle Wonder looks like it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, you know I saw the reaction of uh, uh, Dragon Quest coming to everything else and or and I was like mm, I understand that people aren't happy about this, but. I, for one, this is actually probably one of the one times that I'll pick a title on my PS4 over my Switch, just because I think uh, Dragon Quest is really beautiful, and I think it's really big, and I think it's just a JRPG that I actually want to sit home and play on my TV, so this is one that I was actually excited that's coming to uh, PS4, because I, I never bought the Switch version. Hopefully it's also on sale on PS4, because you know, like, Switch sales are few and far between. Exactly. Um, but anyway, so that was the pre-show, and then of course we got into the bread and butter and meat. I guess, of the Xbox <laughs> Games Showcase. And the first thing we hear is that we're going to have 19, that, excuse me, that Xbox has 19 new studios acquired and we were going to see games from about 15 of them. 15 of the 19. And of course, the rest of them will be shown at a later time in the year, which I mean, this is July. So if they're actually doing uh, console releases in, you know, uh, November or September, or actually, excuse me, November... You know, like we're assuming that's going to give them four months. So we got a four month time span to get more stuff from Xbox, more games. And, you know, finally from both these companies, a price so that we know what we're looking at and Hopefully whether we're so. getting more, you know, Xboxes in the series or whether it's just a series X, whatever. They got four months to give us information. Yeah, so, so hopefully uh, soon. Yes, <laughs> like will... not just the, not not just the most important thing with like involving the 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 price and you know actual release date of the console, but uh, they get some four months to advertise some games, especially if those some of those games are also coming out of launch. Don't know if they all are, 
But if they are coming at launch, uh, they're, they're running out of time. They're Very running out of time so. if they, if they're coming out at launch. They're gonna like, have to pull a Nintendo and, and announce that, exactly. it like, right before. And, exactly, and Nintendo, like like what they did with Paper Mario, the Origami King, like that, that got announced literally two months before the game went out. Which two months, I think, is about the two months is nice. It's enough time to advertise a game, and then not a big turnaround time so people can actually get it. Anything less than that, I think, is too much. Like if you're if you're if you're later than two months, then you might as well just be like, announce it. It's out now. Yeah. That's my, that's no, my yeah, I completely anyway. agree. Completely agree. Yeah. Um, so let's get into it. I'm going to go over all the games that ca- that were shown during the Xbox game showcase. The first one was Halo Infinite. Um, and of course we have the infamous meme at this point from Halo Infinite. And let me say, I, I love it. I love all the memes that are coming out from Halo Infinite. Um, and I think that people have been, a little unfair, to, and I know this is me coming as a PlayStation uh, head, but I think people have been a little unfair to Halo Infinite. I I think it looks really good. You know, I, it I might be so it might be the TV that I'm watching it on. I don't know. It might be like my connection. I don't know, but it looks really good to me. I actually it really was good like, too. I will play this game. I think so too. Like <clears throat> like as far as as far as my my personal Halo expertise. I've never personally owned it, ex- excluding the Xbox One uh, S, which I bought because it was like super cheap. I have never really owned an Xbox system. All of my Halo gameplay has come from playing it at like friends' house and such, and yeah. obviously most of that, the bulk of that was like multiplayer and such. But um, I had a lot of fun with the Halo series over the years, and honestly, this tr- this gameplay trailer which they were showing, where their um, where, where Chief was, you know, doing his thing, it felt the most like classic halo in a while and i think that's actually to its benefit because yeah. i feel i know a lot of people including our very own marissa has uh, a lot of people like the halo series is like a lost a lot of people especially after four or five because three for three industries to the credit are doing the best they can to try to recapture the magic that bungie had with the halo series but clearly it's not working for everyone a lot of people didn't like halo 4 halo 5 uh, was mixed and but infinite i mean just based on my limited Halo expert knowledge looks like it's going to be a return to form. And, you know, so graphics aside, a lot of people do seem excited for it. So I hope it turns out exactly the way they want it to. You know, um, I obviously, I don't think I've ever played a Halo game that I can remember, but uh, I do know what it looks like kind of just from seeing mm-hmm. other people play. And I think the art style really lends to that whole Halo effect, like the Halo look of what Halo is, and I think it really, really works. So I do think that that game definitely is getting more hate than it deserves, but please bring on more memes, because that shit is great. Uh, please. Next up was State of Decay 3. I played State of Decay. I also played State of Decay 2. I was super excited for the co-op. Um, there wasn't enough in this preview to even have me talk about State of Decay 3. Yeah, really. <laughs> like, I don't need, I don't know. Yes, I don't know zombie deer, like. which is scary. Yeah, like, it, great, cinematic trailer. Um, then there was Everwild from Rare, which is definitely, there are a few games that I want to play out of this showcase. That is definitely near the top of the list. Same um, here, and they haven't even shown gameplay. I, I hope know. The game, I hope the gameplay ain't trash, or, 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 or to give it credit, I hope the gameplay it looks like something i actually want to you know play mm-hmm. because god damn those visuals look great man i am in love with that art style everything about this game looks really good i have high hopes for rare of course they personally disappointed me with sea of thieves it wasn't my jam even though i was super excited for it um did you ever play sea of thieves i know it's off topic did you ever play it on your series you know, it's, you know, you know it's funny i have it because the xbox one s that i got 
had gave me a code for Sea of Thieves. It's installed in my Xbox. I just haven't touched it yet because um, it's not that I'm not interested in playing it. It's just I'm not interested in playing it. Ah, <laughs> like, there I, we go. Like, 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 it's like I think it could be fun. It's just uh, it's a it's a big multiplayer type of game. And yeah, it's not fun. If I have someone to play with, I'm, I'm I'll do a multiplayer game. But I'm not the kind of person that will go into like a big multiplayer game if I don't know any person anybody personally with it. Like I'm more if I'm gonna play a multiplayer game. I'd rather play with friends than with strangers. Yeah. Otherwise, Let me say, but game. I think it's great that the PlayStation guy and the Nintendo di- di- Nintendo guy are doing an Xbox showcase p- uh, p- uh, podcast. I think this is great. Um, yeah, and great. I feel like we should at some point probably play some Sea of Thieves together. We, you know what? We should. I, we I think it is a more fair assumption on the Sea of Thieves game yeah. and see, we'll see how it ticks. Um, so, Everwild, I'm super, super excited for. And then next up was Don't Nods Tell Me Why, which is going to be in chapters, um, which we kind of know them for. And it's going to be available yep. August 27th. And shout out to Erica Limbeck because Jesse's in there voicing the main character. Well, the female awesome. freaking amazing. Um, so next up was Ori and the Will of the, Will of the Wisps coming to Xbox Series X at like higher, um, higher frame rate, and you know I'm okay. Yay. Continues to look beautiful. Continues to look beautiful. That's all I can really say about that. Yeah. Uh, then we had the Outer Wilds Peril on Gorgon coming out September 9th. Um, I did not That's... personally play the Outer Wilds, oh, but Outer I know Worlds. people love Worlds. Oh, excuse me. Oh my yeah. God. Yes, the Outer <laughs> Don't Worlds. Don't worry. It's an easy mistake to make. Like, I did this so much when it came out. I I did it too. Like when we were doing the li- when we were doing the live tweets for this presentation, I put hey DLC for the Outer Wilds coming, and it was like shit. I gotta fix this. Yeah. So I deleted the yes. tweet and just put Outer Worlds. Yes. It's such a common mistake, man. Outer but Outer Worlds. Worlds is a dope game. I, I haven't played it myself, but it's I'm going to at some point because it has a lot of stuff I like. And when we get to another announcement, I have something else to say. But continue for now. Yeah, I mean, I've heard really, really great things about this one, but it's also one that I'm probably gonna pass on. Um. There was Grounded from Obsidian Entertainment coming out July 28th. I thought it was super duper cute. Um, I think it's going to be fun to play with friends. It looks like a cute little like Nintendo title coming to Xbox. So that one's really interesting. Probably one that I won't play, but still. Um, Obsidian also showed Avowed. Ah, and that's what I want to talk about, actually. Avowed looks pretty cool. And <laughs> there's, a, there's a certain tweet that I saw online that I think epitomizes both the Outer Worlds and Avowed. It's Obsidian continuing to do a better version of something that Bethesda had already done. Yeah. Like, uh, like, you know, a lot of people, you know, the like Fallout back in the Fallout, day, Green yeah. is the one everyone talks about, but then everyone agrees that Outer Worlds is just a better Fallout. Yep. And then now Avowed looks like better Skyrim. Like, I don't know if Avowed is for me personally, but I will say it looks impressive, and if I was to play one or two, I'd much rather play Avowed, because that shit looks clean. Obsidian is a really smart studio purchased by Microsoft. Absolutely, um, they make some great RPGs. Like I've played a few Obsidian RPGs, and they're 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 quality. They're they're very much quality. Yep. Uh, so next up was As Dusk Falls. This one, um, it was one of the ones that I'm also really interested in by Interior Nights, uh, mm. Interior Night rather. Um, d- what did you think of this one? I'm just curious before I go into why I like uh, the it. story, like the story element of it, looks interesting. I could definitely. I, I definitely got some, like, kind of, like, um, I like the way it looks. Like, the art style is interesting. Yeah. Like, where, ha- where it's kind of, like, almost motion comic-like. Where it's, where it's like, their, their movement, but it's not, like, you know, fluid movement. Obviously, it's just, like, almost like a, it's like, it's like what I said, it's a motion uh, comic. I think it's interesting to see how the story is going to uh, go. 
Yeah, so I I I was instantly interested because uh, you know I I saw it. I know it's like a real real world type story thing, and I love the dynamics in it. And one of the things I I'm gonna mention is that Microsoft I think did a really good job at showing diversity in this um, presentation in their video games. So it was really cool to see you know that that interracial family and this girl that grows up and how that's gonna play into what she's doing. But also the fact that it's going to be an inter interactive story. So I. I love stories and video games. So I love interactive stories. In yeah, video I, games. I saw it and I was like, yes, give it to me. And I also found out that it was, um, it's created by one of the former quantic dream designers. So, yeah, I you know, I am all in for ask dust falls. Like this is, I think it'll be some, some cool story. Also, this is just a, a small tangent. I heard the title and me being the Nintendo head I am and that loves the Nintendo music. Uh, there's a song in Fire Emblem Fates called Dusk Falls and it's like one of my favorite songs from that game. It's really good. It has this like very Celtic sounding. So that's what came to my mind when I saw the title. But that aside, the the game does look interesting. I like yeah. the way the story It's not a system seller for me, but it's definitely, if I have an Xbox Series X, one of the ones I'm definitely going to look out for. Um, sure. Next up was Ninja Theory's Hellblade 2, which we did see a little bit more of. Um, of course, Hellblade uh, Senua's Sacrifice was a really great game. Uh, millions of people ended up downloading it. It uh, got a great rep. So, of course, you know, number two, everybody's probably looking forward to. Um, yeah. Next up was Psychonauts 2, which was trippy as all hell uh, literally... uh, Drew, i got a question because mm-hmm. i did post this on ge- on general chat but i didn't really get an answer um psycho like yeah it's different is probably a good way to describe the art style it's really not doing anything for me is it doing anything for you like the art style wise specifically not at all um no <laughs> okay because i because i felt because no one asked me i was like okay am i really the only one who feels this way no. like it looks like an old game on a new system that just threw up everywhere. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not like I'm sorry if anyone's like really excited for Psychonauts. Do you? I'm like I'm happy for you, but that art style ain't for me, man. I'm looking at Psychonauts too. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, not great. Uh, so next up was Destiny 2 coming to Series X and Game Pass, and then we got a little bit of a look at Beyond Light, which is coming November 10th. Um, and then, uh, b- excuse me. Not and then. We also, just so anyone who's listening knows, uh, Annie wrote a really great piece on Destiny 2 coming to Game Pass, so being free to play, um, but also coming to uh, Series X as a game that's already free. So if you want to know exactly what that means for <laughs> uh, uh, Destiny as um, as a game on Game Pass, but already being a free game, definitely go to hpcritical.com. It's going to be, um, at the time of this recording, uh, one of the first po- uh, episodes, episodes, excuse me, oh my god, one of the first articles up, it's titled uh, Destiny, Co- Destiny 2 Comes to Game Pass, but it's already free. So Annie does go into that. As a matter of fact, um, we also have a really great piece on content vaulting, an opinion piece on content vaulting, what that means for anyone who's grabbing Destiny 2 as well um, by Dalton, uh, who's a new writer for us. So definitely, if you, we got some Destiny 2 content on, up on the website, so you should definitely check it out. Um, then we got the announcement that everything else after what I've just said launch is launching exclusively on Xbox consoles. Not just one console, but on consoles. So that means Series X, but that also means Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of it also kind of means PC, but we'll see. Uh, so then we sure. got Stalker 2, which I have absolutely nothing to say about. 
Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Apparently, apparently this game has been in development hell for a while, and it's finally coming out. So if you're excited for it, great. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Um, Then there was Warhammer 40k Darktide. Um, Darktide, yes, Warhammer 40k Darktide coming in 2021. There was uh, Tetris Effect Connected coming holiday 2020. So assuming... I still need to play Tetris Effect because that game looks gorgeous. And I'm not great at Tetris, but I do like playing it. It's just it's something I gotta I gotta try the effect because the music is great and it just looks beautiful. It's Tetris. If you if you like Tetris, then you know what you're getting yourself into. And this just looks like a really good version of Tetris. Though I will admit it's hard to justify anyone getting like um, if you have a Switch for example, it's hard to justify getting Tetris on like say another console because you got Tetris 99 right there, which mm-hmm. is like a free Tetris with you know multi battle royale. But I don't know people who, who people who um. I've played Tetris Effect, have sworn by it, and I can understand why. Like, if you love Tetris enough, like, Effect looks 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 great. I'll, I'll definitely say that. I'll probably try it at some point. It looks cool. I probably won't. <laughs> yeah, Tetris is Tetris, is good, no, as good as it looks, but, yeah. Then we got this adorable little title called The Gunk. Um, with that little lady running around, it was it was cute. Another it was cute. another little cute thing. Uh, probably another one I'm gonna pass on, but a little cute one. Then we got what I thought was a really really interesting concept for a game called The Medium. It was mm. a dual reality. It was it has excuse me dual reality gameplay where two worlds are rendered rendered simultaneously. So you'll see one thing, you'll see both worlds at the same time, but different things are happening because uh, they're two different worlds. And I thought that's a really cool concept, and that is probably something that I would if i have an xbox series x go ahead and pick up just to play through it because you know the concept seemed cool but the game itself also seemed cool as well it Um, is a pretty cool concept and it gives me vibes of a way out because that was a similar concept as well a way out uh uh okay kind of i mean it's not the same obviously because the worlds are very much parallel in the medium mm-hmm. but a way out had a similar concept where you're controlling the two um the two characters like side by side and one person's doing a cutscene but another one is moving around so it just it just reminded me of it. It, it it's not the same concept but they're similar fun fact grayson and i played a way out together i remember that was uh, i thought that was awesome i still need to find a partner to play through it as well okay then i won't spoil you for the ending but it was yeah. great it was really okay. great. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed playing it with him. Uh, so then we had Fantasy Star Online 2, New Genesis, uh, coming, I think, 2021. Um, it's great. I've and never it... played... Huh? I, I know. All I was, was going to say is that it looks great. I've also never played a Fantasy Star Online game. Yeah. But to my understanding, I think it's in Japan. Uh, Fantasy Star Online 2 is like pretty much everywhere on like every console. But I think in the West, it's only coming out on Xbox because I guess Microsoft are the only ones that are funding its localization, which is crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, okay. As lo- I guess if it exists in the West, at least in some way, I guess that's great. It's just it's just interesting to me that no one else but Microsoft is funding its localization, so therefore it's exclusive to Xbox uh, slash PC in the West. Yeah, I mean, they did that with the other, fa- I think with Fantasy Star Online, right? I'm pretty sure, yeah. I think it's uh, Xbox exclusive just because the only one that bothered to give it money. Um, no, you know, I have never played one, but I will say this game actually looks really good. I thought, Excuse wow, me. this looks like a really action-packed MMO. Like, I would love to play this with my friends on Series X when it comes out, especially if it's cross-platform, which I'm sure it will be between PC. So, yeah, I mean, that's another one that I was like, I would definitely give this a go um, if I haven't uh, have a Series X. Definitely something I'd be looking into. So then we also had Crossfire... 
X, the campaign, the multiplayer is free to play with Xbox Live, and it's coming 2021. Um, and then, of course, we had Fable. We saw nothing of it except for a cute little animation that was pretty funny with the fairy that gets eaten by the toad um, and a little voiceover. So we still don't know exactly what's going to happen. I've I've heard rumors. I don't know if this is true that it's going to be an MMO. We'll see. Um, But yeah, then there was Fable and um, I believe that was everything. Yeah, Fable closed it out. Uh, So (laughs) since that's all of them, let's talk a little bit about the presentation itself. First, how did you feel about the presentation, the games and the games shown? So, I like that there was a nice variety being shown off. Like, there was only a handful of things that interest me personally. But if we're talking about, like, an objective standpoint, I really do like that we got, like, a little bit of everything. You got your um, you got your shooters, obviously. Halo Infinite let off, which is great because, you know, everyone wanted to see Halo. So, they didn't keep people waiting for that. They just started with that. Uh, Fable was a good way to end it, even if it was just a teaser that didn't show gameplay. Because a lot of people are also missed Fable. Uh, since I think the original developers are gone now, but now Playground Greens develop it, is developing it, so that's cool. A few cool things in the middle. Everwild, you know, it really, I really hope they show gameplay soon, but I'm just... It, it's weird, because objectively, I know it's bad that they once again showed a teaser trailer, but the game looks so beautiful that I don't care. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's just how I how I feel about it. Yeah, honestly, you know, we got, we got, um, we got Obsidian with its new... IP avowed, which a lot of people are excited for. I'm excited for it, even if I'm not going to get it myself, which is a weird thing to say. You got your storytelling games like Tell Me Why and, um, oh, what was the other, what was it called again? As Dusk Falls? As Dusk Falls, thank you. Yes, we got our narrative games. We got um, some DLC, you know, with the, with both the Outer Worlds and Tetris. So, you know, games that people are already enjoying, just a little bit of DLC there, which is nice. Uh, we didn't talk about it, but hey, you like your Forza, Forza's there. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. How did I forget Forza? I mean, Forza's always at these Xbox conferences. You know, it has its, it has its audience. Cars look better than ever. The courses look better than ever. Dalton even wrote about it when he was talking about the Fable piece, about how Playground Games knows how to make these big, beautiful worlds because they did it for Forza, and now they're going to be doing it for uh, Fable. So, mm-hmm. you know, worlds look beautiful. Uh, that's pretty much it. Like, there's just there's just a nice variety. I was very happy with like the variety shown overall in the conference. Yeah, you know, I um I I still need to watch Battle in Wonderland, uh, Wonder World, excuse me. But as far as this one, I was I was pleasantly surprised that even though there were a lot that I personally am not going to play, I think investing in studios was probably one of the best things that Microsoft could do. And it's really cool to see years later where that investment is paying off, you know, because this was a while ago that they they mentioned that they were buying these. um, Like two or three, two or three E3s ago, actually. Yeah. So it's it's been a minute (laughs) when we still had E3s. Um, (laughs) It's been quite, and PlayStation was there. So this has been, um, this is, it's been a minute. (laughs) Oh, man, Um, yeah. Oh, so, God, an E3 with PlayStation. <laughs> right? It seems like forever ago. So it, it's really interesting to finally get some some information on what that acquisition has been. And I think the variety is really what is helping Xbox because one of the reasons that I don't consider my Xbox to be like my gaming go-to is because I like I think of Halo and Gears of War and all these first-person shooters and then Forza, which is you know driving, and that's it. You know, I don't think of RPGs or JRPGs. I remember when we saw Kingdom Hearts at a Microsoft presentation, everyone was like, what 
Kingdom Hearts at a Microsoft presentation, but that's just because Microsoft has the a lot of their first party titles are the same type of game. Exactly. And that's and that's definitely to their strength because the one thing that Nintendo and PlayStation always had above uh, Microsoft for the longest time, even for going back to the days of the original Xbox, was that exa- exactly like you said, there's not a whole bunch of variety. Like you're pretty much getting the same kind of games for the most part. And that's not to their lack of trying. Like over the years, they have tried to get other genres there on xbox but they just didn't sell as well like there was no stopping the ps2's momentum when it came to jrpgs for oh, example. Yeah. that was that, that was yeah. an rpg powerhouse mm-hmm. any rpg that dared to go on xbox was doomed to fail unfortunately it's only i think and this is going to go on to xbox's main claim to fame the game pass because for all that subscription service which isn't that much money you get access to all these all these games people on xbox are trying out new things that they didn't put try about before which in turn is getting Xbox fans to try to um, broaden their horizons. People, this is a great time for Bethesda to be making a game like Avowed for Xbox because now I feel the RPG fans are seeing the Xbox as a viable platform for such kind of games, and I think that's interesting. This presentation, you know, having the variety that it did, it's very appropriate that it's doing it now because now Xbox has finally gotten to the point where they can show these variety of games and people will actually buy them like that used to not be the case like only sony or nintendo could get away with doing that kind of variety and not be chastised for it whereas xbox that you know regrettably it's hard it's regrettable to say but xbox fans were upset if they didn't get their main franchise and they just got like a whole bunch of other stuff and now people are here for it and i think that's awesome i think that's a great evolution of the xbox fan base and i think game pass is really the reason why that perception has kind of changed game pass Uh, is great so you did it you said uh bethesda's avowed but it's obsidians Wait, sorry, what? <laughs> you said Bethesda's Avowed, but Ooh, it's I'm so, Obsidian. I'm sorry, yeah, that was my <laughs> no, it's fine. It's because it's exactly what you said. It's basically a better Bethesda game. Uh, so I just thought that was funny. Um, yeah, my bad. I <laughs> but, actually... You see what I, but, but like, my point remains. It's just yeah. like that, that, that they can finally... That Obsidian can finally produce RPGs on the system and people will be there for it. I actually like, think that it has been a detriment to Xbox to only have first-person shooters as their main go-to because I think great. that once you have um, once you have Halo and Forza and uh, Gears of War as your thing, it's really hard to break out of it. So I do agree with you that you know it's really it's it's really great that they're doing that now, but it has also been um, a detriment to players who are are sick of the same. Uh, FPS titles coming sure. to every Xbox because oh, I mean that is your and- that is just your your Xbox lineup is going to be those three and then some random nonsense so I think I agree with you that this was a really really good showcase to show off different games um were was i more interested in some of the games on the playstation presentation uh yes but slightly um not not to an extent where it's going to make me buy a playstation over an xbox i'm gonna get a playstation just because like i was really excited for those games and i know what that um what that that timeline is gonna look like more so than i do um xbox just because i know that those exclusives a lot of them are gonna I'm going to be 100% interested in, and I know that the future of PlayStation is one that I definitely want to invest in. Um, right now, this game's showcase was like, 
it, it really makes me think this might be worth it. You know, this might be something that throughout the course of the life of the Series X, I'm going to get some new things that are worth it. I think it's I think it's a cool again going back to Game Pass. I think it's a nice circle because when they originally put out Game Pass, a lot of their selling points was like these um maybe a few of these older games like uh obviously a big uh, their big first party franchises, but now that the variety is starting to come in and people are trying to start more games, that is in turn inspiring them to make more games so that the Game Pass is more worth it to consumers and it's a nice little circle. It's not like <clears throat> Where with the, the PlayStation Vita, for example, where that came out and a few games came out for the launch of the Vita, and Sony was like, "Well, if it will, will uh, produce more games for it once the current games we have sold." It's like a circle that was just gonna kill itself because you're not supporting it, but then you're waiting for the games to sell. Like you need to, like they were waiting for support that didn't come because they didn't support it themselves. If that makes any sense. Yeah, um, you know, so speaking of Game Pass, that was actually the next thing I wanted to talk about. Um, During the presentation, they talked about the, um, they were going to have console launch exclusives, like I mentioned, and I also want to talk about this. And some of them say Xbox Series X only, and some of them say Xbox Series X and Xbox One. Uh, And as far as Game Pass, we were told that Xbox Game Pass is going to have every title shown during that presentation on it. Um, yeah. And we also got the, um, the, the note that with a lineup of over 100 titles um, with Series X and Game Pass, when we get the release this holiday, we're going to have essentially over 100 titles to start our, our gaming library with on a Series X. Uh, so how do how do you feel game pass is doing now i mean you kind of answered this but um i just want to talk specifically about game pass and how you feel it's doing now especially with the fact that all these games are going to be available on game pass i know uh really quick for me i know that i'm gonna grab like let's say i'm gonna get an xbox series x i'm gonna grab a series x right i'm gonna pay a dollar for game pass i'm gonna play the games that I mentioned that I think are interesting, the three or four that I really, really want to play. Um, and then I'm just going to, you know, let it go, not uh, drop it. And then maybe sign up for a dollar another month when I see something that it, that comes up that I'm interested in. Now, do I want to spend four five, six hundred $600 to spend a dollar to play games? I'm not so sure yet. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I do think that that's where that's where it can like maybe down the line. Yeah, sure. If there's enough on Game Pass that I haven't already played on a PlayStation, um, definitely. Uh, but I, I I still think it's really really great to have over you know 20 titles shown today on Game Pass. Like Fable's gonna be on Game Pass. Hellblade Two is gonna be on Game Pass. As Dusk Falls, um, Everwild, the uh, Halo Infinite. Um, all these, all these games that I'm actually interested in are going to be available for a cheap amount. And I think that's really, really good. Um, but the thing is, the other thing is that they're playable anywhere, right? Uh, when they're on game pass. So if you go build a really great PC, you don't have to buy into the series X, you know, I'm not going to, cause I'm not a PC player. Um, and even if I didn't, I could probably still put Game Pass on my on my iMac right now, uh, boot it up into Windows, connect my Xbox controller, and uh, you know, screen share or connect my my computer to my TV, and now I have my own Series X with no need to go spend the money on 
a Series X. So, like, it, I, I think Game Pass is great, but I don't think it's a system seller that it needs to be. But I want to hear your opinion on uh, Game Pass as well. So, I'm sorry, I'm starting to become of the opinion that <clears throat> Game Pass itself is, like you said, not mu- as much of a system seller, but it is much more of um, a content seller. But that being said, we're still at the point where building a PC for gaming is still somewhat niche. It's still something for it's still something for like the hardcore hobbyists. There's a lot of people out there who still just really want a console. And Xbox Series X, despite you know kind of looking like a PC tower in of itself, is still a console. And so a lot of people, you know, when you think of a game that's like going to be uh, Xbox slash PC exclusive, to a lot of people that still means Xbox because they're not, unless they're like you know committed to the pc gaming life they're probably just going to get the xbox for the convenience but going back more into the game pass portion of it i mean again i touched on it earlier before but <clears throat> the fact that you had the game pass and had access to all these games naturally encouraged people people would get here, here's my interpretation people would buy their xbox you know get their first party games buy them you know the game pass would come out and, and then they have access to all these variety of games and they you know now are more inclined to try out more things and now we're at the point where they're fully funding you know xbox funded all these studios to uh make games for their platform slash pc and now they have an audience for those people now it wouldn't have it wasn't there before but now it is because Xbox players are now trying are trying out more games outside their comfort zone because it was so cheap to do so. They just literally had to play or you know the buck to for Game Pass and then they got access to all these games that they would play for, you know, a few minutes, a few hours or maybe they just finished the whole game on Game Pass and now they're just more inclined to try new things. It's finally gotten to the point where you can play Actually, let me rephrase that. Game Pass has always been a good value. But the value is only going to keep going higher because now there's more variety of games to play on the service. It's a very pro-consumer thing, and I think it's just going to get better. Game Pass, I think, has become Microsoft's main selling point, less so maybe even the console itself. Though I think a lot of people will buy the console for Game Pass because it's just a damn good value, honestly. If you have to choose between one or the other, Series X or PC, I think more people will go to Series X because it's, we don't know the price, but I'm assuming it's going to be at least minimum $500. That's still significantly cheaper than building some like really high-end PC that could run these games at the same quality the Series X could, if not better. So, I think that it's much easier for people to go pick up a gaming PC from Best Buy and just throw, you know, Xbox um, Game Pass on there. Um, so That's I, very true too. But sometimes, the, but those gaming PCs are not cheap. If if someone's, I mean, if someone's already if someone's already gonna get like a high end PC for whatever work they may need to or a high quality laptop, you know, that's one thing. But if someone is you know just doing the base computer, they just want to play these good games, then they'll get a Series X because it's cheaper. I mean that you can go to Best Buy and buy a return to school laptop that can run these games fine and get them, um, get the ones that you want and uh, play them in- in- encompassing a purchase that you were already going to make. Um, well, yes, but that's the thing. You said 
the, the, the phrase you just used is play them fine. But what if they want to play them the best without shelling out all the money for the big gaming PC? Like, if you're getting a PC yeah, but then that you're they already going to get anyway, to... then sure. And then you don't have to spend anything extra to get these games and Game Pass. But if you want your games to look good and you don't want to get them $1,000 PCs, then a Series X is still a good proposition to make the games look good. It just really comes down to the consumer, what they're willing to pay for to get the way their games look. Some people won't care as much. And like you said, they'll just get their regular PC. And as long as they run the game, that's good enough for them. But then there's some people that will want the game to look as good as possible but don't want to spend that big money to get the big PC or have the patience to build one. And they'll just do a Series X in that case. I'm not saying it's going to be like a massive console seller just because of what I'm saying. I'm just saying that it might be more people than you might imagine just for that reason. Oh, no, no. And I'm saying that I do believe that with student discounts and people were uh, going to school uh, from home now. So, you know, laptops and desktops are, you know, you're going to have to have something to use on your own to work from. Game Pass is really great because you don't have to go buy a PC or you don't have to go build a PC and you also don't have to buy a console. Um, You can literally save so much with Game Pass. To be clear, Game Pass really is the seller here more than anything else. And if I don't know how much Microsoft is really banking on the sales of their Series X compared to the Game Pass, because Game Pass really does seem to be the way they're fighting in this three console race. Nintendo Switch is Nintendo's always going to do their own thing. PlayStation wins with its exclusives. They have the, all the first party exclusives that will never leave PlayStation. Maybe a few of them will come to PC as we, we're seeing with Horizon Zero Dawn, for example. But that's it. Like as far as like console exclusivity, it's going to be just like their PlayStation systems. Where I think Microsoft is really fighting back is with Game Pass. And I wonder if that might be just what they're targeting now, just like the games themselves and the Game Pass, less so the Series X, even though that's still something that obviously they're selling. But I wonder if that's just their main focus now, if that's getting them enough money to warrant continuing, you know, continuing this expensive uh, games industry. So I, I, I also want to talk about the game, uh, the Xbox model, and then we're going to do a little comparison to the PlayStation 5 presentation, of course. Uh, but we, we talked about Game Pass, of course, extensively, so I do want to move on and talk a little bit about... Uh, during that presentation, they showed that there were console launch exclusives, like I mentioned, excuse me, but some of them said Series X and some of them said Xbox. Um, how do you feel about having... Series X console exclusives when Microsoft already told us uh, previously earlier in the year that um, they wouldn't have console exclusives because they want everyone to be able to play on whatever they already have. So I think that's interesting. Um, Even when they, let me be clear, when they originally said that statement, I didn't think that was going to be 100% true from the start because if you want to sell a console, you have to have some games that are just not going to be leaving the song. So I you have to remember that they weren't out to sell the console. This was their whole thing about this wasn't we're not trying to get console sales. We want you to play our games anywhere and we want you to grab Game Pass to do it. Right. And that's true. But at the same time, you know, they're not going to put all this money to make a console and not want and, and have nobody want to get it. Well, so I knew there also, was going to be one or two. Like, but then it's also I'm just what saying, you said. Like, me, it's 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 uncharacteristically cynical of me to say, but I just honestly didn't believe that they wouldn't do anything to like push their console as hard as it did. But that being said, I didn't expect there to be this many. Like this presentation had a lot of games that were just going to be like series exclusives, and I'm mixed about that because 
especially with their model. Like, let's go back in time for just a little bit and remember how the PS3 to PS4 slash the 360 Xbox One. If you remember those first two years, there was a lot of those early games that were still coming out for 360 and PS3, even if they were getting a next-gen model because they knew a lot of people weren't ready to quite ready to move on. So, especially with Xbox the way they were, like you said, Game Pass play anywhere, I thought then more than ever they would probably want to keep a lot of those xbox one x games as well as series x especially with their smart delivery that they have advertised uh to nauseam at this point but so yeah you're right it does surprise me that there's a lot more series x games that are just going to be series x games you know slash pc obviously that's always there but that are just series x games and not having xbox one version though a lot of those are also 2021 so it's hard to say it just seems a little soon though for them to start having to like, you know, series X exclusive games, quote unquote. Uh, I think that's such an interesting conversation because obviously on the other side of the spectrum, PlayStation five has games that you're only going to be able to play on PlayStation five. And that's a really big selling point. Uh, yeah, you can weird. only it's, play it's, these games on PS five. It's odd that both, that both of these guys are doing this are not like, it's like this system, the, both systems, like the games are looking better, no doubt, but it's not a huge graphical increase that they can be, that they're expecting everybody to jump into them immediately, especially in our current situation of the world. Um, so it's weird that I honestly thought what I was just talking about, they still supported the PS3 for all, they still supported 360 for all. I thought that was a smart model to go with because a lot of people weren't ready to jump onto it and they they weren't there's a lot the ps3 and, and the 360 games still sold for a year after the successors came out hell ubisoft even did uh assassin's creed rogue which was ps3 360 exclusive when the ps4 and uh and uh sorry xbox one came out which was weird and i think it sold okay but let's so I don't know. It just seems weird that they're ready to go this far into the next generation, and I don't think enough people are quite ready for it. Um, but that's why Xbox has the model of um, smart delivery. Exactly, which is uh, why exactly figured what you out say, the problem. Exactly what you're no, that's smart delivery is fantastic and even more pro consumer for those who are. Like if a game's not coming out, if a game's coming out before the Series X or even a little bit after, and consumers buy it on their Xbox One. And then they just want to upgrade when they upgrade. It's there for them. So it's weird that there's so many games where that won't even be an option because it's only on Series X. Unless that's something they're not advertising, but I don't know why they wouldn't. And I think it's very interesting that you said um, that they were they were advertising uh, smart delivery to nauseam because you know who's not doing that. And now I kind of want to go into the Xbox and PlayStation presentation comparisons. PlayStation is not doing that, but there are titles in which you can purchase on you know PS4 and get for free on PS5. Now some of them you have yeah. to do extra stuff, but definitely PlayStation has the same thing. They're not digging and writing into it as much as Xbox. They're going the route of we want you to buy this you can only play these games on it whereas xbox is like well no you can play these games on what you already have but if you do buy this you can you can still you know play them for free with an upgrade for the best visuals and both companies are doing it one company is really diving into it the other company is really diving into hey buy this new thing it's big it's shiny it's white it's beautiful it looks different we've never seen a console that looks like this the xbox of course like you mentioned previously is a computer tower um and like i mentioned in the last podcast uh the playstation 
presentation uh, play for PlayStation 5, I was excited about the, the computer tower because I love computer towers. I think they can be really customizable and really, really cool. Um, yeah. And then I saw the PlayStation 5 and I was like, wow, it's a fucking box. Like, mm-hmm. the, not, the, not the PlayStation, the Xbox. Like, wow, the PlayStation is now a box. Like, that really changed my perception of next gen, seeing what the PlayStation looks like and seeing the lineup of accessories that come along with the PlayStation, whereas we've only seen the Xbox controller next to the Xbox and um, it is isn't it the, is it the same controller as the 360? I mean as the uh, at one the Series X? Yeah. Is it They're the very similar. I don't think there's that much of a difference. Yeah. See, there's not much revolution on Xbox's side whereas PlayStation is changing the entire game for their new generation kind of like how Nintendo changed the entire game with the Switch for their new generation. Um yeah. So let's talk a bit about, uh, we got like 15 minutes left. Let's talk a bit about uh, a comparison between the two. I know for me, PlayStation definitely blew it out of the park. I think they had the the right amount. I think the pacing was really, really well. I agree. I think they had the right amount of um, games shown uh, with developers, and they spent more time on showing us actual gameplay for their games than, yeah, that's, that was than Xbox did. I know that yes. a lot of the ones that I mentioned, and we kind of talked about this as well, like uh, I know State of Decay, there was no gameplay. Everwild, there was no gameplay. Fable, there was no gameplay. Um, there were a lot of games that we didn't see any gameplay for, whereas PS5 was like, this is this game running specifically on a PlayStation 5. Here's gameplay of it. And sometimes here's a date for it. If you don't like that one, <laughs> here's another one. So I do think that PlayStation definitely outdid Xbox in that. Um, it seems like one of them is very ready for next gen, while the other one is still trying to figure out what they want to do with next gen. It doesn't help that neither one of them has, have told us a price, but even on PlayStation side, we have the digital edition and we have the regular edition, uh, Xbox series X so far. We just have Xbox series X. We haven't heard about a digital. Uh, we haven't heard anything else really. Uh, we've seen a controller. We don't know what a headset's going to look like. We don't know what that ecosystem is going to look like. I think PlayStation is doing a really good job at doing what, you know, the Apple ecosystem where if you're a part mm. of it, you kind of just, get everything that goes along with it because you know that everything is going to work seamlessly and connect and work well together. Even the controller, I know so much more about the PlayStation 5 controller than I want to know. And I know exactly what it's going to do. I know about the haptic feedback. I know that I love that the light bar is still there. I know that it looks different. I know what it looks like compared to the PS4. And here I am on this podcast talking about how I don't even know if they have a new controller for the Xbox Series X. And if it is, it looks exactly like the old one. I don't know anything about it. So um, it really seems like after that presentation, one of these one of these consoles is very ready for launch. The other one is still trying to figure out what it wants to do. Um, but I, I have to give it to Xbox, of course, for their ability to throw everything onto Game Pass. So even though yeah. I know that PlayStation has these games and I've seen gameplay. I know that for a dollar in the future, I can get a ton of these over on Xbox. I know, I know for sure which titles I'm going to be able to purchase right now to play right now and get for free when I grab the series X. Whereas over on PlayStation, I don't even think they mentioned that during the presentation. Um, I think I heard about this after, the presentation was over and I'm like, Hmm, okay, well, I guess if I buy, you know, this game, I'm just going to hope that I'm able to, you know, get that upgrade for free. Cause I don't know. So I think, um, it's just, it's very interesting. I think both 
presentations were actually good. Uh, for some reason, and I know this isn't true, but for some reason, it seems like there were more games at PlayStation. There were not, I don't think. It just, they went so much. I, okay, this one was like an hour, right? PlayStation yeah. was also an, an hour. hour and a half. An hour, there we go. It was an hour and a half. So they definitely went more in depth, and they gave us, obviously, they gave us the console and everything. But I really feel like they went in depth with these games, and it was more of the developers talking about their passion and love for the games than, hey, this is the game I made. Hope you like it. Over at right, Xbox, exactly. right? Uh, over at PlayStation, it was like, you know, we put our heart and soul into this. Let me tell you about it. You've seen it. This is what we're working on. Um, I, yeah, I just think, I think that both of them followed the same formula, you know, lot, and it's a great formula. Lots of games, a little bit from a developer, more games, variety of games. Tell us when they come out. You got a great presentation. I'm not faulting any presentation. Both of them were really good. But I do think that uh, PlayStation edges out on this one. Um, what do you think? No, I agree. And it's exactly what you said as well. They, <clears throat> like you said, in, in the PlayStation presentation, they specifically went out of their way to say at one point that all these are running on the PlayStation 5 and they looked like they were. Whereas, you know, with Xbox Series X, you know, excluding a few handful handful of games, a lot of them were relying on that smart delivery, which says to me that they're not necessarily, I mean, they're optimized for Series X, but they're not necessarily built for them, if that makes sense. Like, even Halo Infinite, you can play that in your Series X if you want to. You don't have to play that on the... Uh, I'm sorry, you you you, you can play uh, Halo Infinite on your Xbox One X if you want. You mm -hmm. don't have to play that on the Series X um, if you're not ready to get that right away. And I think that's the difference. Like, obviously, again, it was optimized, quote, for Series X. It was going to look best on it, but if you just want to play it on Xbox One X, it's there. You don't have to upgrade. Whereas, like you said, a lot of them were made for PS4, in, I mean, sorry, PS5 in mind, and they look like they're PS5 games. So, in the beginning, I think Xbox, you know, again, relying on the Game Pass and relying on the smart delivery is going to be their main thing because in the beginning, exclude, again, excluding a few games, most of them are coming out for 2021, they're Xbox One X games that if you happen to get the Series X version, they're just going to look a lot better, but they're not necessarily built for the system. But that's more of a point against like the whole how games for consoles are made, I feel, because when any new console launches, the games for the new console just feel like HD versions of the previous one. Like Early PS3 games just look like HD PS2 games, if I'm mm -hmm. being real. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until the end of the PS3 that we got fucking The Last of Us which really felt like it took advantage of the PS3's full power. And then by that point, the PS4 came out. So that, I think, is just going to be the trend. Even these PS5 games, even though they look like PS5 games, they're not taking the full power advantage of the full power of PS5. That's just not going to happen for a few years. And it's going to be the same thing for the Series X. They're going to be just upgraded Xbox One X games until they really discover the power. And then gradually over time, of course... Xbox, I'm sorry, Microsoft will start phasing out the Xbox One X versions and it'll just be Series X and PC. But that's just not going to happen for a while. I so at this point, it's just who's more ready, but they're both kind of sort of in the same situation at the moment by the, the virtue of how consoles usually work, the generations, I mean. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think uh, you hit the nail on the head when you said that PS5 games are being made for PS5 and it shows. I think one of the best examples that I thought of when you were mentioning that was um, Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. That, that game, and I'm still impressed, was pre-alpha footage shown <laughs> yeah. off as if it was a game that was already ready. 
Like that, yeah. like that is pre-alpha footage running on a PS5. And then, you know, of course, I'm going to have to go back to Halo Infinite versus Ratchet and Clank. Mm-hmm. One of those games is made for, I think you made it perfect. One of those games is made for PS5 and it shows. The other game is, you know, made and it can be played, you know, on PC, high end or low end, depends on what you got. And it can also be played on Series X, but it can also be played on your Xbox One. And I think it has the, um, uh, I'm going to call it the World of Warcraft Syndrome in which they keep wow um as oh you know yeah, the I, graphics. I know what you're getting at they, it was the same thing that that uh final fantasy 14 was suffering for a while until they yes. discontinued the ps3 version yes yes it, it has that mmo syndrome once you decide that you're gonna have your game everywhere you gotta you gotta pull back on certain aspects um I, I, yeah final fantasy 14 is a great example as well there were a lot of things the developers weren't able to do simply because they were still supporting ps3 and uh Finally, they had to drop PS3 support, uh, but of course, it helps things move on. Um, WoW still can be run on trash computers. No offense to anyone, but <laughs> WoW can <laughs> still be run on you know really basic computers. And does that is that a detriment to the way the game is developed? Sometimes, one hundred percent. You know, um, can Halo Infinite look like pre-alpha footage of Ratchet and, Ratchet and Clank and still keep its um, keep its aesthetic? Of course. Will it? Probably not because, you know, it has to play on, it has to play on everything because that's what they're deciding to do. So, you know, developers are going to have to think about that before they continue. So thank you for bringing, I never even thought of that, but 100% you're correct. Like that, that's exactly what it is. One of these is specifically optimized for PS5. And I think that's why in the end, PS5 is going to have the edge because all of these exclusives are going to be made specifically for the PS5. And even yeah. the ex- now, of course, there are going to be the exclusives for the Series X that we were told we weren't going to have that apparently now we are having. Um, right. Those- I wonder... I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I wonder if if the, those Series X exclusive games, the ones that are specifically coming out for next year, do you think there's any possibility that was done as a response? That they saw yeah. PlayStation's presentation is like, oh, wow, they're really ready to go. And maybe we should commit a little harder. No, I'm going to say no, because I think it was one too late. Um, True. But, but also because um, I think they're still coming to PC. I don't know. But I mean, I yeah. Like I mean, every kind of like PC, right? they're, they're, all the games are are still you know PC born as well. That's just that's just what it is now. But yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't think so. But I think, I think, I, I can agree that advertising it the way they did, um, it's actually really funny because they did they did a big thing to mention that all these games were going to be console exclusives, but they didn't mention the ones that like. Yes, they made it a big deal to say, yes, these are all console launch exclusives. But in the background, they were kind of just like, you had to read, rather, is what I'm trying to say. You had to read to see which ones said Xbox Series X and which ones said Xbox Series X and Xbox One. Um, so they weren't even trying to advertise that so much. And I think that's just because in the past, they said there weren't going to be any. And now there are some. So you get the hype of, oh, launch exclusive title. But then it's like, oh, but it's also coming to Xbox One, so it's probably not going to look that good. Or, oh, it's only coming to Series X, so they lied to me. So I feel like it kind of is a... uh, It's a lose-lose situation, I think. Um, So yeah, it might have been a... I think that the console launch exclusive can easily have been a response, yeah, to... um, 
their the, to PlayStation's look at all these games. And I think that's probably why I'm still more excited for the PlayStation ones because um, we didn't have any all all the from what I remember. All the PlayStation games that were shown, we didn't have any problems with anyone saying they looked bad, you know? Um, Xbox, uh, Halo, the development team at Halo had to come out and defend their game. PlayStation right. didn't have those problems, even though, you know, they're they're both restricted to YouTube and what they can show off. PlayStation didn't have those problems, you know? Like, the, I at least I don't remember any PlayStation titles I don't either. Under such scrutiny as Halo Infinite, especially because Halo Infinite is your bread and butter. It's like your go-to. It's your it's your series. It's your it's your Xbox series in the way that Final Fantasy used to be for PlayStation, you know? In the way that Mario RPGs are for Nintendo, Halo is to Xbox as Mario is to Nintendo. And yet I would even argue Legend of Zelda is probably a better example if we're talking about like graphical and what the system is capable of. Okay. I mean, you would know more Nintendo guys, so yes, uh, Zelda. Zelda, yeah, I mean, Breath of the Wild is basically a show of what the Switch can do for the Nintendo. Um, and then we have Halo Infinite, you know, and this is what we got. Forza look great. Like, one thing I'll give Forza, that game always looks great. It's, I have no interest in it, but it always looks amazing. Gorgeous. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to have to give this one to PlayStation again. Yeah, personally. <sighs> And but the, Xbox did well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I think. Um. I think they Xbox followed the formula. Well. I think I they think followed the formula. I think it was a good presentation. And let's be real. Like we did give a lot of like objectively good points this entire podcast, but we also have to not ignore the fact that we just love our Playstations as well. So I mean, we did, yeah, yeah. I we mean, did, we did have more interest in what was being shown on the PlayStation side than we did the Xbox. I could. Even with all the objective facts that we gave, I could also see an argument for the other side as well. I want to ask you how how often have you used the Series X since you bought it? What a year ago now, maybe? You mean the Xbox One S? Oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah, I don't. I wish I had a Series X. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've only used it a handful of times. Like I, I do. Ha- I, I was using the Game Pass for a while to try a few things. I used it to uh, get the Master Chief Collection, and I've enjoyed Rare Replay. I have put a lot of time Rare Replay, but that was a few months ago. Like, I'm not gonna lie. That was a few months ago that I got that, and I haven't really touched it since because I've just been playing Switch and PS4. Yeah, I mean, I have uh, an Xbox One S, and I had Game Pass. I played, what, State of Decay and a little bit of Sea of Thieves, and everything else at the time I already had purchased on PlayStation, and it was just my preferred center of play, so um, I think that is what's drawing me to Game Pass a little bit, is those uh, Xbox exclusives that I'm not going to be able to play on PlayStation, but not enough to, you know, purchase a console, so, well, I, I mean, I'm going to get it anyway. Uh, because I, I I love having all the all the consoles. You know, I, I don't want to miss out on games. Games is what we sure. do, Brandon. Of course, this is what we do. Uh, it's our life. So of <laughs> course, guys, we're game journalists. Invest. You know, um, sooner or later. But uh, yeah, it's it's not looking too bad. One last thing I do want to mention is I I I think that uh, Microsoft did a really really got really really wonderful job at diversity. In this presentation, I mentioned it before, but a lot of their games, a lot of these uh, development companies are making games with a very diverse set of characters, and I can't mention enough how much I appreciate that. It looks, these games are going to look really, really great, and it's great to see 
uh, a, a new story perspective um, because that's what we live for, you know. If if we all wanted to play our own lives, we'd all play The Sims, and then we we fuck them up anyway because we want more <laughs> than our regular life. Uh, so I I really really appreciate the diversity shown at the um, Xbox presentation. Um, and yeah, is there anything else you wanted to throw out there before we end? I think I've said my piece. It's just a good time for gamers, honestly. Regardless of what you prefer, there's good stuff on both sides. Yes, yes. I mentioned that, you know, even during this pandemic, 2020 has brought us some really great things. Um, and so, you know, at the end of this year, we're going to hopefully be able to all grab new consoles and just go with the flow. And if Microsoft wasn't lying, you know, I'm going to start with what, 20, 20 titles ready to go on day one? Because that yeah, is, that is always... Good launch. I love, I love good launches. Console launches are exciting. I'm excited to see how both of these go. Because there's always uh, that buy a new console and have nothing to play issue. Mm-hmm. So Which you don't want to have. Yeah, so Game Pass is really solving that. I think Game Pass is solving a lot of issues uh, with consoles that people have over at Microsoft. So good job, you guys. Like, I'm excited to buy one and already have 22 titles to play at launch. That's dope as oh, fuck. Because I remember buying the PS4 and having to play... Con- uh, I don't even... Like, I remember the names of those games. It was so long ago. Like, <laughs> seven years yeah. ago. It was, like, some space game and whatever the free game was with some lady who I, I, I don't even remember was, like, indie titles that I had for the longest time until you know, anything came out. So, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm super looking forward to it. Uh, and if that's it, I'm going to plug a few things, but Go first I want to say thank you, Brandon, for having this conversation with me as usual. My pleasure. You're literally the best. I love talking to you. Okay. I can't get enough of it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank You're you. The best, bro. Oh, stop it. <laughs> and for everyone listening, make sure you sign up to our newsletter on hpcritical.com. It'll tell you about everything that we're doing, which is going to include um, what what's new with us. Uh, so right now, we are partnered with Grinding Coffee Co., which is a black and LGBT-owned coffee business. If you use code HPCritical, you get 13% off of your purchase. Um, 50% of merchandise proceeds from them are given directly to charity on their behalf. Um, they are a charity that creates socioeconomic projects and plans for helping the indigenous Guatemalan farmers um, with what they uh, do. So definitely uh, check it out. Get 13% off with code HPCritical. Um, If you buy coffee from them, we also get a bit of commission from that. So you're helping us out as well. Also, we are Twitch affiliates. Um, I know you guys have seen Brandon all over our Twitch, so he continues to stream uh, uh, more than one time a week. God bless him. I don't know how he does it. It's crazy. I just started doing streams it's on fun. Saturday <laughs> once a week, so like, Brandon is awesome. Um, our our stream schedule is going to be on our website and it's also going to be uh, linked into our newsletter so that's why it's so important to sign up for the newsletter if you haven't already um we are twitch affiliates uh so you can also subscribe with uh twitch prime if you'd like to help us out as well in that area and because we are twitch affiliates that does mean that everything is uploaded to youtube a little bit later and that does mean for tournaments they're going to be also placed on youtube later they're not going to be streamed on both at the at the moment um but that extra revenue from being twitch uh, affiliates does help us out so thank you for everyone who's subscribed there if you want to help us out you can also do that as well um our support continues for Black Lives Matter, the Hong Kong protests, Extra Life, um, and of course we have a Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash hpcritical. We've had a number of our Patreon members on our podcast so far, so thank you to all of them who have been on there. Um, and I didn't, t- I think I might have told Brandon this, and I did spoil this in another podcast, uh, but uh, ju- this ju- this is July, right? Yes, yes, we're at the end of July, uh, as, so- as of this recording. 
we're gonna be I'm gonna be shipping out all the Patreon stuff, I think, um at the end of this week. So if you are a Patreon member, look forward to receiving your July products, which are going to be D&D themed for our D&D campaign that continues on Thursdays on our Twitch channel. Um, I am going to spoil you guys for August. August is Nintendo themed and it's really fucking cool. I have seen the designs. (laughs) They're so awesome. I cannot wait to ship them out to you guys. I really want to show people. They look super, super cool. So shout out to um, Kayla and Eddie who continue and Marissa who continue to work together and create some awesome designs for us um, for our Patreons and to Stephanie who creates these amazing bracelets. I want to show you the pattern so bad. This month looks so, so cool. If you thought last month's were adorable, this month is crazy. And next month is going to be even better. And of course, we have our most popular articles on HP Critical because that's what we do. So definitely check out hpcritical.com to check out our articles. And um, you'll also find out what our monthly tournament is as well. We just finished Rocket League. Uh, thank you, Brandon, for handling that one. We just finished Rocket League with um, donations uh, for fundraising going to Extra Life's uh, Nicholas Children's Hospital. So definitely check around to see what our next tournament is. Um, and of course, we have our podcast. Uh, and our Patreon, which I already mentioned, and a special thank you to our Patreon members, uh, which I'm going to shout out because, of course, you get a shout out for being a Patreon member. So thank you to Belinda, Brianna, Clarence, Grayson, Job, John, Chris, Ruth, Shania, Stephanie, Tamia, Tia, Toy, and Fabian. Thank you guys so much for helping uh, support HP Critical. And that's everything for me. I talk a lot, I know, but that's everything for me. So thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, Brandon, once again for joining me on talking about the Xbox Games Showcase. And I hope you all have a wonderful night. Goodbye, everybody. 